You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Bible's out here, Romans chapter number 8. And then let me get you to uh, put your finger there and go to 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter 4 as well. Uh, Here we look at this passage out of Romans. uh, And with this passage... Uh, just a powerful truth. Uh, you know, we, we're in the previous verses, and it talked about uh, the, uh, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 36, it says, As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And uh, just talking about the persecution that God's people were experiencing in their own lives. And then you go to verse 37 in our text. He says, Nay, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And being a conqueror, we are conquerors through him that loved us. It's it's not through us. It's through him that loved us. And then it goes on. The apostle writes, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me, or separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul was persuaded that God loved him. You know, it's different to know that God loves the world than to really believe that God loves me. Amen. (laughs) She said it a little bit better than I said it. All right, there we go. It locked up. Okay, good. Well, just go ahead and let it play, and then I won't have to preach. (laughs) Oh, goodness. We've embarrassed her. I apologize. All right. But here we, we look at it. It's one thing to know that God loves the world, but it is different to believe that God loves me. We are so insignificant in this unbelievably huge world. Over 7.1 billion people on the planet can't even can't even fathom that kind of a number. And God loves me. And God loves every single person. And not just does God love the people that are living, God has known every person who has ever lived. And God loves us. Pretty pretty amazing when you think about that. 
and that God would, would love me and for me then to be persuaded, to be convinced beyond all doubt that God knows me and loves me. It's pretty amazing. One of the greatest evangelists who've ever, who ever lived was a man by the name of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was born in 1837 uh, in North Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts. And, and as D.L. Moody was raised, he was not raised in a uh, church, was not, uh, uh, he, he was submitted to uh, religion, but didn't, didn't really, he didn't have any relationship. Uh, he had religion, but no relationship. And you know what? There are a lot of people in this world that have that. They have a religion, but they have no relationship. And you know what? God doesn't, that's not God's plan. God wants us to have a relationship with him. But D.L. Moody, as a young man, he uh, tired of North Hampshire, and at the age of 17, he decided that he needed to, to move out of the country and get into the city, and so he moved to Boston. And his uncle owned a, uh, he owned a shoe store, and uh, so his uncle Samuel uh, Holton had a shoe store. And as uh, D.O. Moody went to uh, work with his uncle, uh, his uncle had a requirement. If you are going to come to the city and you're going to work for me, you're going to church. You know what? There ought to be some requirements on young people. There ought, to be, there ought to be some guidelines. And, you know, uh, kids are kids because they are immature. They need somebody that's supposed to have maturity to put those boundaries and lines uh, into their life until they can make them themselves. Amen. There should have been an amen there. All right, your fourth grader isn't isn't smart enough to make the decisions for themselves. And to be truthful, neither is your sixteen-year-old. That's why they have parents. And D.O. Moody, he decided he was going to move out of the house, 17 years old, did so, went to the city, went to work for his uncle, which is a good thing. He went to work. And so here now, as he is working and uh, going to work, Uncle Samuel had a, 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 some rules. He had to go to church. And when he went to church, there was a man by the name of in Ed Kimball that taught a, a boy's Sunday school class, a teenage Sunday school class. And as he was teaching these, these young boys, D.O. Moody was lost. And here Ed Kimball had a heart for his class, and he wanted to see D.L. Moody, Dwight Lyman Moody, wanted to see this young man get saved. And so one day he went to the workplace, and he went to this retail shoe store, and he went in and started talking to D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody later recounts the event, and he said, I don't really know what he said but when he opened up his Bible and he put his hand on my shoulder, I knew something was about to happen. The power of God was on that man. And he was going to be a vessel to be able to communicate the gospel to the 17-year-old boy. And Dwight got saved. 
Years later, he decided that he wanted to leave uh, Boston and go to Chicago, and so he went to Chicago and started working with the YMCA and got involved with uh, teaching the, the inner city kids, and he got a heart for those inner city kids, and, and later he, he went on to uh, start uh, a, a church, a Sunday school for those inner city kids. They, the people said, you know what, you've got so many of uh, these kids coming, you've got to start your own church. And so he started the Illinois Street Church. And, and uh, that church was started, and he started ministering to those boys and girls and seeing people saved. And uh, he was used uh, an, uh, just in an amazing way. Uh, years later, the Chicago fire came and burned up uh, all the buildings, and D.O. Moody uh, lost everything. Uh, and as he went back into the, uh, the projects and went back into uh, trying to reach people with the gospel, uh, God just raised him up and gave him a voice. Pretty soon, he was being called upon to go over to London and, and uh, to reach the UK. And D.O. Moody was able to bring two continents to God. Just a, an amazing man with the power of God in his life. But D.O. Moody, uh, he, he wrote about 1 John chapter 4. Let's go, go there if you would. 1 John chapter 4 verse 8. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God Let's say those next few words. For God is love. Let's say those last four words again. You ready? For God is love. For God is love. And D.L. Moody, as he as an older preacher looking back uh, over all of the people that he had an opportunity to minister, some who received Christ, some who rejected Christ, uh, and he, he looked back, uh, he said, if I, could, uh, if I could only make men understand the real meaning of the words of the Apostle John, God is love. He said, I would take that single text, and I would go up and down the world proclaiming this glorious truth. If you can convince a man that you love him, you have won his heart. If we could really make people believe that God loves them, how we should find them crowding into the kingdom of heaven. The trouble is that men think God hates them. And so they are continually turning their backs on him. You see, we feel like we are insignificant to God. We feel like God doesn't know my problems. God loves the world, and we put that in context sort of like, well, we love the world. I'll help whoever I can help. But that's not how God loves God's not just loving in a group. God is loving individual. Why? Because God is love. God is love. And when we go back to Romans, there is nothing that shall separate us from the love of God. 
None of the circumstances that we face in this life can separate us from the love of God. None of the problems that we experience can separate us from the love of God. Uh, height and depth and principality and power. Uh, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And God uh, has, not only does God love the world, God is love. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, it's a great love. It's a great love. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning, each person that's here. Uh, Lord, I pray that the distractions would be removed and our minds would be uh, turned again, uh, Lord, to uh, the, uh, the text. And may the Spirit of God just work in each and every one of our hearts. And Lord, as I know as I look around and I see the families and the faces and, and many of them I know the circumstances and the struggles and the problems that they face. And there are many that I do not, but you do. You know every issue. You know every burden. You know everything that keeps us up at night. Every hurt that brings a tear, every insecurity that brings unsuredness in our step. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to just recognize that you love us. And so bless now, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. It's a great love. It's a great love. This morning, I want to tell you that it is not only an honor to be loved by God, it is an honor to serve God. It's an honor to be able to serve our God. It's an honor to serve the one who loves me. Uh, John 3.16, a, a verse that many of us know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And those words are words in my own heart that ring not just as words that I know, they are words that I believe. They're words that I believe. These are, these are words that ring true in my own personal life. I believe, I'm persuaded that God loves me. Now, I don't know why God loves me. I don't know why this lady down here on the second row loves me, uh, let alone God loving me. Uh, but, but God loves me, and I, I, am con I am convinced this morning that God loves me. And you know what? Uh, when you know that God loves you, it changes everything. It changes everything. It takes the burden and, it, and, it, and it, it, we recognize that there's the burdens and there's the problems, but there's somebody who loves me that, that knows what I'm going through. Uh, I am not going through anything that he does not know about. There is no uncertainty in my mind or in my heart that he does not understand. There, there is no fears that I have that he does not know. Why? Because God loves me me. And God loves me. God, not only does he love me, he is love. And so, so here, uh, that statement uh, that God loves the world, First uh, John 4, 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And, and here we see that the response of God's love is that we learn to love. I wonder if God loved us the way we love other people, how much love we would feel. He that loveth not knoweth not God. 
our inability to properly love is tied to our understanding of the love of God. Because God's love, it, it, is, it is without any strings. It is given freely. You know, that's why we struggle with love, because we know our, our weaknesses, we know our failures. If we're honest, we can't figure out how God would love us, why he would love us. When we think we deserve the love of God, we're in a bad spot. Because we've got a whole wrong picture of who we are. But here God says that he that loveth not knoweth not God. There is, there is a relationship that we have when we know who God is and we are experiencing the love of God to us. It will impact how we love other people. And so, uh, so I want to see several things this morning. Uh, number one, I want you to see God's love draws. God's love it draws. It draws us to him. You know, I am attracted to people that love me. Aren't you? That's a reality. We are, we're attracted to people. If somebody cares about me, it's just you're drawn to them. And here when, when we look at that, we see that God's love, it draws. God is, God is drawing us uh, to himself. And everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. You can, you can lose the macho look. You can lose the tough standing. Everybody wants to be loved. And there is, there is no love greater than a love that God can give. There is, there is no love that is greater than the love that God has, and everybody wants to be loved. Uh, the homeless man that is at the end of the off-ramp, he wants to be loved. That teenager this morning that's sitting down in juvie, they want to be loved. The man or woman that's sitting in jail or in prison, everybody wants to be loved. The senior who feels forgotten by their family and their loved ones, or even their church uh, and friends, uh, the shut-ins, those who are un unable to, to, be, to attend in person and would love to be a part of the services like you're a part of this morning. Uh, everybody wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved. That, that teenager who's been abused, the wife who has been left, the man who has all alone. Every person that is on the face of this earth wants to be loved. And they may have a hardness and a shell that they put out, and, and that, that barrier there, that self-protective mechanism, because they, they have been hurt so many times, they put that barrier out. Let me tell you something. There's a God who loves you, and he wants to draw you to himself. You know, people will disappoint you. A pastor, I will disappoint you. There are family members, friends. We will all be disappointed. But there's one who will never disappoint. And that's God. You see, it's a love that draws. It's, it's a great love. 
Everyone wants to be loved. And today, I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you this morning. God loves you in spite of you. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, we could just stop and rejoice right there. Amen. I mean, God loves you in spite of you and turning your phone on in church. <laughs> God loves you in spite of what you did last night. God loves you in spite of the failure that you had that you said you'd never do again. Isn't it amazing that we have a God that loves? I'm not saying God is not a God of judgment. I'm not saying God isn't a God of authority. But God's love extends into every aspect of his relationship with us. Why? Because God is a loving God? No, because God is love. It is who he is. And that love that he is is going to extend. God loves you today. Uh, no matter how much you have disappointed him or no matter how much you have disappointed your family or no matter how much you have disappointed yourself, God loves you today. Because he loves, it's an honor to serve him. You know, it's not an obligation to serve God when you know God loves you. You know, if I, if I think about the Apostle Paul and all that he went through, thrice was he beaten. He was stoned. Literally, they took stones and took him out of the city and stoned him to kill him. He was shipwrecked. All the events, prison, in prison. Not for doing wrong, but for, for serving Christ. For doing right. The persecution, the, the, uh, the martyrdom that he faced for his faith. And you know what? You never see Paul whining and complaining about serving God. You know why? It's an honor to serve him when you're persuaded that he loves you. The problems start to pale when you understand God loves you. Those problems, they, they lose that impact uh, because he loves us. He loves me in spite of my faults. He loves me in spite of my failures. He loves me when I am unlovable. Have you ever been unlovable? Sometimes we're just mean, aren't we? But he loves us. He loves me when I'm good and he loves me when I'm bad. He loves me when I do right and he, knows, he loves me when I do not. His love is not dependent on my worthiness. And this morning, I, I'm trying to get you, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you to, to get you to say, okay, well, God loves me, so I can just go do whatever I want to do. That's not what I'm trying to get you to understand this morning. But I want you to understand God loves you in spite of you. 
and with all of our baggage. You know, everybody has baggage. Everybody's got baggage. Some people have more baggage than other people. But everybody has baggage. Why? Because we have sin. We're sinners. And that baggage, I wish we could just check it in and leave it. But it sort of follows us around, doesn't it? But God's love is not dependent on my worthiness And I am unworthy, yet he loves me. His love is not dependent on my productivity, on what I do. I don't have to earn his love. You don't have to come to church and walk into a church building so God will love you. Now, you should be in church. But it's not how we earn his love. It's not something that we have to merit. His love is not dependent on anything that I have done or I ever will do because God loves me. Do you know how freeing that is? you know how freeing it is just to know that God loves me in spite of me? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. It changes our perspective. Because now, God loves me, and I am not going to have to do anything to earn or merit that love. I'm just going to serve him because I love him. And because he loves me, that causes me to love him more. But when we feel like we have got to do something or quit something or begin something to try to merit that love, uh, it, it is, it is uh, a chain and a bondage. Uh, uh, the, the love of God, I don't have to earn the love of God. I, I don't have to, uh, to merit his care for me. I don't have to do anything to be loved by God. Let me say that again. I don't have to do anything to be loved by God. I don't have to do anything to be loved by God. You're not getting it. I don't have to do anything to be loved by God. You know, the reality is God loves me. And that love, it's a drawing love. Uh, there's nothing that I can do uh, to stop that love. There is no, no way that I could go the wrong direction. Uh, and if I go the wrong direction, that does not mean that God will stop loving me. Just as a child who goes wayward, they're still loved. And God is a heavenly father. He loves us. Even when we go the wrong direction. John 6, he said, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And he's talking about the love of God, how it draws people uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that love will draw us for salvation. Praise the Lord. Second uh, Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But God uh, is, not, is long-suffering to usward. Now, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, the word there, Lord, uh, it's the word God, Kyrios, uh, Lord, and, and God, the Lord, he is not willing that any should perish. And you know what he's doing? His love, it draws. It draws. God's love draws. 
Secondly, God's love saves. God's love saves. Are you saved this morning? There is no greater decision than you can ever make than to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Our sin debt is forgiven. Glory. Our name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And that sin debt is taken care of and we have a new name written down in glory. What a blessing. You see, God's love, it saves. Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save his people from their sins. Mark 6, 16, 16. He that believeth is, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, and here, don't get confused on that. He isn't saying that you have to be uh, saved, believe, and get baptized to be saved, uh, to miss hell. He is just saying that when you get saved, you should follow the Lord in believer's baptism. He says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but... What is the part that keeps us from being damned? It's not the not being baptized, it is the not believing. Uh, But he that believeth not uh, shall be damned. Uh, And so uh, the the salvation, uh, you get saved, and then you follow the Lord in believer's baptism. Uh, But here, uh, he has has come. That love, it's a great love. Uh, God's love, it draws. God's love, it saves. Uh, Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Have you ever been lost? I'm talking about literally being lost. Being lost is not a good thing. I remember when I was younger, my brother and I were in the city and we were riding bikes and uh, his legs were bigger than my legs so he could pedal faster than I could pedal. And we were, we were in this uh, area uh, and it was, it was a... Uh, it was like a drainage ditch area, but it was a green belt that went uh, from, I believe it was Park Avenue up to Pacific Avenue. And Casey, you'll have to tell me later if I was right or not. Uh, but anyway, we were, uh, we were riding our bikes down in this area, and we came up to a, a fork in the trail. Well, my brother was way ahead of me. And so I got to that fork, and I stopped and I didn't know whether I should go to the, the left or the right. And so I picked, and I went to the right. You always go to the right. Don't go to the left. Definitely in politics, never go to the left. Uh, and so I went, to the, I went to the right. I chose a direction, uh, and I don't remember whether I went right or left. But uh, anyway, I took a direction, and I got to the end of this uh, trail, and my brother was nowhere to be found. He left me. He's watching online right now. And he left me. And so I'm looking around. I start crying. And I'm in, we finish up. We get the end of this trail. And it came up to the back of an apartment complex. And there's a couple teenage boys that were standing there. And they came over. And they, they asked uh, what happened? I said, I'm lost. I, I don't know where uh, I need to go. And, uh, and here are these two, two boys. They started talking amongst themselves. 
like I wasn't there. And they started talking about, well, he's lost. Maybe if we help him get found, that we'll get a reward. <laughs> and so anyway, they didn't know that uh, uh, mom was a single mom raising kids by herself at that point. She didn't have any money. Uh, and so I knew my mom's work phone number. So I called mom. She came, picked me up, uh, and, uh, and I was found. But being lost is a scary thing. It's a scary thing. You know, God is not willing that any should perish. Far more fearful than being lost down here physically is to be spiritually lost. God came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, God's love, it saves. It saves. Can you go back in your mind to a time where you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Two weeks ago, 39 years ago and two weeks ago, uh, is when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And let me tell you something, it has changed everything. Our family, uh, my parents got saved on that Sunday morning. Uh, my sister, I got saved on that Sunday night. Uh, and my parents, dr they dragged me to church. Uh, I know it's not good English, uh, but I was dragged to church. I didn't go because I wanted to go, but I got saved. Let me tell you, moms, dads, don't quit fighting the battle with your kids. Don't give up. Dads, let me tell you, don't give up because you want peace. Don't give up. Make them be where they need to be. Let me tell you, they need to be in church. They don't need to be sitting at home. When they are able to make their own decisions is when they are out of your house. And if they are in your house, they need to be following your rules. Amen. And here I, I got saved because my parents made me go. And I'm sure there's quite a few other times that they made me go along the, the way. But, but it was because I, I got saved. I, and I'm so thankful for that. God's love, it draws. God's love, it saves. And, and, and there's salvation in Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is none, uh, uh, none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Notice that, that phrase, must be saved. You didn't get saved because you live. You didn't get saved just because you think, well, you know, I know God's up there. That's not salvation. The Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. An acknowledgement that God exists is not a saving knowledge. Salvation comes by faith. When we, by faith, 
trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. And God, this morning, he wants to save you if you are unsaved. If you are saved, uh, that salvation that God has given to you uh, is a glorious salvation. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you have never uh, personally accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, recognizing that we are a sinner, we've sinned against a holy God, and because of that sin, he is my judge, and that, that I am under his condemnation, and I need a Savior. I need someone who can pay that sin debt, and by faith, saying, I'm going to accept what Jesus Christ did. He came to this earth. He died on that cross. He was buried. He rose again that third day for my justification. He died so I could live. Salvation. His love, it draws. His love, it saves. It saves. It saves us from the penalty of death and hell. It also saves us from our own self-destructive ways. After I got saved, I still had to be saved for myself. Because there's still a whole lot of stupid in here. There's still a whole lot of wrong. There's still a wrong perspective. And God had to work on that. And he's still working on it, praise the Lord. You see, Jesus, he saves, and his love, it saves. Helen Griggs put it to music, and she said it this way, Gone, 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 yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free, and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea, yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally, praise God, my sins are gone. They're gone. And if you're saved this morning because of God's love, those, that sin debt can be paid. If you're here this morning and you've not accepted him as your savior, uh, that love is offering you salvation. That love is offering you a way out of that judgment. God's love, it draws. God's love, it saves. And God's love, it keeps. It keeps. Number one, it keeps us saved. There's nothing that I have to do to stay saved. You see, when you are born into the family of God, that new life, it begins. And it doesn't change. You know, God's love is always there because of the immutability of God. The immutability. It means that God doesn't change. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He said, listen, because I don't change, I'm not going to judge you according to what you deserve. Praise the Lord. Uh, they say God's immutability is his freedom from change and his being the same at all times, past, present, and future. The doctrine of divine immutability affirms God's freedom from change. Uh, and, and so, but within time, his creatures experience him as unchanging in his relationship to human beings. 
God, because he does not change, allows us to have that experience of who he is and to experience his love. God's love never wavers. God's love never wavers, not because we never waver, but because God, who is love, never wavers. Let me ask you a question this morning. I'm done. Here, I'll close my Bible so you feel better. Are you experiencing that kind of love in your life? Is that the relationship that you are sensing in your personal life? If it's not, somebody has changed and it's not God. What's changed? Can you go back in your mind to a time where you sensed God's love in your life? It was overwhelming. If it's not that way right now, where did we lose it? We didn't lose the love of God, just the experience of sensing His love. Sometimes it's because we have become distracted. Have you ever been distracted? Husbands, have you ever been talking to your wife or better yet, she has been talking to you? And you became a little distracted? Did it mean that you don't love her? No. But the attention wasn't there. You know, sometimes in our personal life, we aren't giving God that attention. So we are not sensing that love. Paul in Romans chapter 8, he said, I'm persuaded. Problems were all about. He's writing to the Roman people. And as he's writing to the Roman people, he knows that he, is, he has already experienced so many challenges in his life. Yet he was convinced that God loved him. Going back to D.L. Moody, what kind of impact could we have on our community if every one of us were persuaded that God loves me. Because if we are convinced that God loves me, it will change our perspective in life. It'll change that perspective. And you know what? It'll change not just the perspective that we have for him directly, it will change the impact and the influence that we have with everybody else around us. You know what we need? We need a good dose of God's love. It's a great love. It's a great love. And everybody 
wants to be loved. Everybody wants to have that love. Now, not everybody's going to accept the Lord, but we should do our best to tell them. Why? Because it's a great love. It's great to be loved by God. Do you know Christ as your personal Savior? If you don't, let me encourage you. Experience that today. Father, I pray that you'd help us. You know the needs of each person here, those that are in person, those that are online. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would take these truths and apply them in our life and help us, uh, Lord, to make a decision uh, to trust you. So I pray that you would just work now uh, in this invitation. Speak to hearts as only you can. For Christ's sake, we pray. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. Let me, let me ask you, do you know Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know if you died today that heaven would be your home? You say, Pastor, that's me. Just slip your hand up as a testimony to the Lord. Pastor, I can go back in my mind to a time, a place where I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Pastor, that's me this morning. Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can put your hands down. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I've not experienced that kind of love. I have never accepted Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I don't know if I died today, according to the Bible, that I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. I'd like to know. I won't come back to you. I won't embarrass you, but I'd like to pray for you this morning. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I do not know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you right where you're at. Just slip your hand up. I'm unsure of my eternal destiny. I wish I knew. I'm concerned about it. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you this morning. How about in a child of God? We're saved. Are we experiencing that love? And you say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart. That relationship that knowing, sensing his love. I'm not persuaded. I know he loves me, but I've I've wandered a little bit. That relationship has been strained. Say, Pastor, the Lord spoke to my heart this morning. Just slip your hand up. All right, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, you know the needs of each heart. I pray that you'd help all of us this morning to respond in a way that would be pleasing to you. Help us, uh, Lord, to uh, not only love you, but Lord, help us to sense that love that you have for us. And so I pray that you'd bless now. Speak to hearts during this invitation time. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The instruments are playing. Uh, if the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. The old-fashioned altar, a good place to come. Bowing a knee and a heart before the Lord. Maybe you're here. You didn't raise your hand. You're unsure of your eternal destiny. Uh, men are down front. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you. Thank you for heaven. listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.